everyone drinks coffee. It gives us a moment of peace, an energy boost, or just simply to connect with someone. But who are the people roasting your coffee? You're listening to the Giesen Roastcast, where we talk about everything that has to do with roasting and running a business in the coffee industry. My name is Siska Kolein. I roasted coffee year in, year out, over half a decade. With my own coffee roastery and as an ambassador for Giesen Coffee Roasters, I want to show you what it means to roast coffee for a living. So grab a cup of coffee, sit back and relax. Today we are talking with Emanuelis Liklis, founder of Crook Nose and Coffee Stories based in Lithuania. He not only roasts, blends and brews coffee, but also creates new coffee and coffee-inspired products like Bro Coffee Maker. Let's talk to Emanuelis about what inspires him to follow his coffee dreams. Hello, Emanuelis. Your LinkedIn bio says coffee enthusiast, product creator and educator. That makes me very curious, but before we talk about your ambitions, creativity and vision, I wonder how you got involved with coffee in the first place. Can you tell me and the listeners a little bit more about that? Um, I guess I have uh, kind of two episodes of my coffee life. One was pretty unconscious. Uh, I mean, uh, uh, I have a joke and uh, also a real story that uh, uh, while my mom was expecting me, she started to drink uh, much more coffee than usual. So, <laughs> really? Uh, yeah, that's that. One, um, uh, so so I, I was joking uh, that I was coming to this world with, uh, uh, I don't know if it's correct word uh, in English, but deficit of of coffee of caffeine, but uh, <clears throat> but um, but then uh, kind of I think uh, the big impact I got of my love for coffee uh, came from my first of all from my family, my mother and, and father. Because let's say uh, they were always enjoying coffee breaks, and um, I think they were putting much more energy into coffee breaks, or let's say s- slowing down the coffee breaks uh, than even their dinner or breakfast. So for them, um, prepare coffee was kind of a very, very, very nice ritual. Though they were not uh, like uh, too deep into coffee. Uh, I mean, they were just buying what they could buy. It was usually, I don't know, probably, I guess it was some 100% Arabica, uh, what was available on the market. But my mom had always a rule to put uh, a lot of coffee while making coffee, because at that time also lots of people were saving um, it, uh, at least in the place where we were living. Uh, and, uh, and, and, and some people even were reusing uh, co- coffee. So normally if you would go to drink coffee somewhere in the city, uh, it, it was a huge lottery if you would receive any good coffee. So my mom and, and, and dad really loved to prepare coffee at home and they were responsible for their cu- cups of coffee. And I think I, I somehow felt that they naturally were in, in, in love with this dark drink. And uh, somehow when you see people happy about something, you know, you, you, you just uh, also get into that. And I, rem- I don't know how, how, um, uh, how young I was, uh, probably three, four years old, but I remember the sound of um, the grinder in our house and the smell which uh, was coming out of the kitchen. 
So it was all connected and recorded uh, really well in my mind, in my uh, probably conscious. Slowly, uh, I started uh, to, I don't know, learn even more about coffee. I even decided to start roasting, but uh, to start roasting, my first uh, 100 bags were roasted, uh, tadam, on a pan, uh, <laughs> and, and, and just a simple pan in my kitchen. Yeah. In the, and uh, like, I still remember as uh, one of the greatest uh, schools, coffee schools I ever had, um, yeah. actually. And, and I really <clears throat> encouraged people if they are in doubt, uh, do they want to roast something or, or, or they want to try, just, just go for it. I think uh, you could learn even from the pan a lot. And uh, here we are, like 10 years later, we have a bit uh, bigger uh, roasting equipment, but, but, but still I remember it with a smile and it gave me a lot of, a lot of new thoughts, motivation to move on. It's a beautiful story how you actually reconnected with your uh, coffee emotion that you had from your childhood that your parents gave you. It is beautiful. And like you said, if you can roast on a, a pan, if you can learn how the roasting process works on that, on simple equipment, you can do anything. You know how that works. Beautiful. And quite interesting what you said about being in your mother's womb, because when I had my first child, I was drinking also a lot more coffee. So that's a very good perspective for her and for me that she can be a roaster one day. <laughs> so. You know, with our child, we have a three and a half years old daughter. Yeah. And, and we somehow, uh, me and my wife, we somehow try not to push her a lot into coffee. Like, you know, I, I would be glad anything if she will find any way she, she loves to do. Uh, but... But it's naturally that she, uh, I think, watches uh, us and see uh, what we're doing. And, and in the, even in the kindergarten, she's already inviting teachers or people who are yeah. responsible for, come over, we have lots of coffee, you, yeah. you can enjoy. <laughs> Very <laughs> good, yeah. Naturally, and yeah. hopefully yeah, she will host also some some nice uh, co coffee service or, or, or she will become a roaster or whatever like yeah. she would do, but... Definitely, there is a mark already yeah. about it. Yeah, I think the best thing is that the emotion about coffee is already there. And our daughter, she always takes our empty cups and drinks them. So she always drinks like this last uh, zip. She doesn't want to go to kindergarten because she wants to work with us. Because sometimes we take her to the roastery. So I think the good emotion about coffee is already there in the base. Like you had... Uh, also in your childhood. So I think that's a very uh, good perspective. I always think coffee is more about roasting. Of course, we as roasters love to chat about the process and how which coffee you have to roast or how it works, etc., etc. So it's all about the knowledge we like to share. But in the basics, coffee for people is connection. And if it starts at an age like three and a half, it's, I think that's one of the most beautiful gifts you can give your children. So uh, it, it starts very good. <laughs> and I see a roaster in the background. Yeah, is yeah. that a W15 or? Yes. And actually behind him, we still uh, got the this, this smaller, <coughs> our, our little one. Like, uh, yeah. But, uh, but we are about to move it to the garage. Uh, yeah. The, the small 
because it looks like uh, we are pretty happy and can even manage uh, smaller batches. Let's say uh, I was trying to roast two, three kilos on this 15 yeah. um, uh, kilo uh, roaster and it looks pretty even and I have enough control. And in general, we'll just clean up our little guy and save it for a while. So, so yeah. And what is a little guy? What do you call little? <laughs> and one, uh, uh, this we have also uh, the one kilo, one oh, and a yeah. half kilo. Yeah. So find the the bigger one. So we call it the little one, though it's a uh, father of our. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And how is how is like the coffee culture in your city? Um, uh, I think it's, um, yeah, it's working, it's spinning, but uh, when I talk about coffee culture, I have my uh, maybe comments about what I feel is coffee culture and what is coffee commerce uh, rather than culture, because I imagine culture maybe a bit differently. Uh, I, I think culture is, uh, should be a part of something you are learning, uh, you are learning from the past, you are uh, trying maybe to, uh, to be the impact, to change a bit things. And uh, I would say even globally what I, I'm noticing, like we have a huge boom of new cafes, new small roasteries. But um, also, uh, don't take it too personally, but you just repeating what's been done like 20, 30 years ago. It looks like it doesn't matter where uh, uh, the picture of a cafe is taken. Uh, uh, all looks really the same. And that makes me a bit um, sad in a way, uh, because, uh, you know, we talk so much about the complexity of COP coffee, we sharing lots of uh, stories about how we rose differently. It's probably a natural part of uh, coffee industry because I still feel it's very young. Lots of things needs to be uh, discovered or, or rediscovered or, and lots of maybe people working in the industry are still very, very young. And most important thing is, is to learn and um, uh, let people and share this maybe learning and education. So that's why I also uh, started with maybe creating a bit different uh, uh, coffee products and then trying to let people learn a bit more about coffee because at that time, like 10 years ago, when I decided to also learn about coffee, um, there were no normal books. Uh, there were lots of random information online and most of them were, and still I think they are more for people working with coffee rather for people who want to learn about coffee, you know? So, so that's it. It's, uh, uh, I really hope that it doesn't sound uh, as a pretentious comment, but... No. Um, but uh, I'm thinking a lot about that, that, and at the same time, you know, when you think that something is wrong, the best way is to try to change it. And uh, uh, with 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 uh, all the things we do here, all uh, in Crooked Nose and Coffee Stories, we just somehow try not to be pretentious, but try to push the limits, at least for ourselves, and let people maybe see alternative ways of enjoying coffee. 
uh, five, six years ago, we had a, a slow coffee bar, a bar we were serving only coffee and nothing else, and without espresso machine. Uh, and, and, and that was the idea to show people that it's easy to enjoy coffee even with the simple tools. And I think uh, we had lots of fun and, and lots of following. Uh, but um, after the pandemic, we decided to take a break from this. And, and in a way, I was pretty tired working as a, in, a, in a bar, in a slow coffee bar. But uh, we decided to move on and push a bit the limits of coffee education. And, and now we opened coffee school uh, and, and a roastery, uh, just letting people to stop a bit while, uh, while visiting us and to learn uh, uh, as good as possible something new about coffee. Uh, but from there, how to say, uh, from the very uh, down-to-earth uh, um, uh, point uh, of view, uh, we, we, we want to our visitor not to be a coffee geek. We want to, to be a coffee lover. Uh, so so and, and and really trying to avoid all these technical things. Yeah, yeah, I can understand. I really like your vision about the, like you said about the local. That's what we see also here in Holland, and I think it's similar every everywhere because. A lot of people open bars because they think they can get rich or they can make money out of coffee. But especially with the prices right now, I don't think it's going to work. And uh, what worries me most is like, how can we uh, make sure that our kids are still enjoying coffee when they get older? And we're not only responsible for like good roasting and making coffee, but also for origin. Let's pay the farmers good prices and let's make sure we educate them because they may be poor but they are not stupid they are entrepreneurs just like you and me so we have to make sure that they also evolve because that's better for the whole industry and not only just making money out of serving cups of coffee and like you said it's go the information that is shared is just copied and um i i found it very interesting because that's something i i forgot what we don't do because we sometimes take the business too serious and we forget to play. So that's a very, that's a comment I will keep in my head. And I, I, I will try to remember myself that I still have to play because it's also very important that you're having fun in what you're doing. And sometimes because of all the blur and the business I forget. So that uh, so thank you for sharing your, your vision. It gave me a different perspective. So thank you so much. And um, uh, I think we have uh, as roasters a responsibility also to share because that was one of my biggest struggles. I tried to do what I thought I should do, but that was opposite what the industry was doing. So there was a lot of comments sometimes about my roasting skills, about how I make my coffee, etc., etc. But at the other hand, it worked because I started with W6. And after two years, I knew I had to have a bigger roaster. And then Giesen, uh, they advised me not to take a W15, but to okay. take a W30. Because Wilfred at the time, he said to me, listen, what, what do you want to do? Do you want to come uh, back in like two years from now and ask me for a bigger roaster? That That's not going to happen because I'm not going to sell you the W15 because you're you're back in, in like in two years from now because you, you need also bigger capacity. Yeah. Just let's, let's face it, what you're doing is successful 
and um, make sure that you're participating on the future just to make sure that uh, you're ready for the future also. So, and that was a, a moment I realized, okay, I have to do, I have to follow my heart and be uh, innovative, just uh, follow my own path. And that's what I did. And after, when I received the W30 or received, bought, of course, <laughs> there was a little bit, there was a little bit, there were lots of concern about how to roast because like you said, there was no information. And that's when I knew I had to share it. And when I started sharing, I received so many emails, phone calls. I did a lot of Skype calls just to make sure that my perspective on roasting was and that they could take that knowledge and make it their own and, and started roasting and having fun again. And that's something I, I forgot in my, own, in my own journey. So, yeah, yeah it's a, quite an interesting uh, perspective you have. Yeah, for me, coffee is really a playground. Uh, just, you know, when you are a kid, you have a, a sandbox. So, so, so we have coffee box, like, <laughs> like, like we just trying to, to see it as endless possibility. But coffee is an endless possibility, yeah. you know, like from taste, from social, from, I don't know, creative perspective, and that's it. But Siska, tell me, so uh, when you moved from the uh, six kilo to uh, 30 kilo, right? Yeah, yeah. When it happened, uh, um, how, how long ago? Um, uh, I bought my um, W30 in March 2017. Then I oh, had okay. to find like an, a space where we can roast because I was based yeah. in, with my store. I'm based on the city center of Delft. But of course, that's okay. not an option with a W30. <laughs> That's not a production location, so I had to find like a different location. And um, after uh, six months, I found it. So that's when the W30 was installed in October 2017. And it was up and running because I did not how to, I did not know how to have like the same roasting profiles on the W6 on the W30 because there was no information. So it was basically trial and error. And that took me months because it was up, it was placed on uh, October 2017. And like June 2018, I had the first similar batch that I had from the W6 mm. to the W30. So I had a lot of sleepless nights about the W30. And at a certain point, I thought, I'm not a roaster. I cannot do this. I don't know how no. that works. Uh, uh, please, please and take it back. I don't want it anymore. So this is just a trick I'm doing. So that was, that was very, um, it was a scary period because I always said, I don't want to have like sleepless nights about my business. I just want to yeah. sleep during the night. And I did not do it there anymore. I was waking up, uh, uh, in the, in the middle of the night and thinking how on earth do I get that machine work? How do I yep. get the same results? Because my customers are expecting that. So that was taking a lot of time. Mm. But but you still, uh, right, you have a roastery with your 30 kilo um, uh, like toy. Yeah. And you have a coffee shop in Delft yeah. uh, with six kilo. You, you still um, have the six kilo? I still have it. I use it as a, I use it for my roasting profiles. And uh, then we, uh, reproduce it to the W30 and three months before the corona started uh, corona crisis started I uh, made the decision to uh, 
close my shop during the week and only okay. open my shop on Saturdays because what I saw was a lot of coffee cafes, a lot of coffee places that uh, were claiming to have like the best coffee in town, etc., etc., And they were not using fresh roasted coffee. So that's when I decided if customers have like the freedom to go uh, everywhere in the city center, and there are a lot of places right now, then why don't I have the freedom to, to stop Uh, to close the shop during the week and make sure that people buy their coffee only on Saturdays because on the average people buy coffee buy a bag of coffee one time a week so um, and that's my that was my focus that customer is the customer I really want because I want to tell them about my coffee and we're good in roasting coffee not serving coffee where our specialty is roasting coffee so I, I decided to make sure I got rid of all my staff because I'm not a manager, so I'm not very good in that. And, and that was taking a lot of energy and focus on roasting. And the like the uh, first three months of 2020 were perfect. We had like uh, a 300% uh, extra sales on coffee for cafes and offices. So okay. that was very good. That uh, The beginning was very good, but of course then Corona hit it. And yeah. we still have the base, like the consumer part, the consumer market, which is still growing. And um, uh, that is very interesting because th- those are the people who already come to Miss Morrison for the last eight years. So uh, that's a very stable factor in our, our business. And hopefully we will grow back to the amount of coffee with the offices and restaurants once the pandemic is over. But yeah, that is very, uh, that's, that's basically my story in your podcast. (laughs) I think it's, it's fair enough to, to, to have conversation and dialogue and, and to learn something from you. Yeah. Yeah. But also like the, uh, the, that's when we head back to making decisions that feel right for your health and for your business. Like, for example, closing the store during the week, a lot of uh, customers were angry and a lot of also uh, uh, entrepreneurs in the area said, how could you do that? How can, how can you close your shop? Uh, that's not good for the city. So there was a lot of comment about that. But I think that is one of the best decisions I made for me, for my family, for my health, and also yeah. for the business. So... Uh, It was scary, but I took the risk and I, I, I yep. followed my heart and uh, we're now having like a healthy business because of that. Yeah, I'm, I'm always feeling what you are saying because like even pre-pandemic times when we had this low coffee bar, uh, after the birth of our daughter, we were open only three <clears throat> days a week and only for six hours. And uh, because in the beginning we were working like five, six uh, days a week, like uh, and and much longer hours. But after the birth of the daughter, uh, yeah, I just saw that uh, things are starting to fall from my hands, and I I, I, I was even starting to uh, be afraid of working with coffee or just uh, tired. Simply putting, 
So after talking with my wife, we decided maybe it's about uh, to to a bit uh, shorten the hours and and the people who really uh, love us uh, would come um, and wait. And you know sometimes and and from the business even perspective and from everything from <clears throat> as you told. <clears throat> health and 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 just um, uh, tiredness it uh, went out as a very good idea but um, yeah that's that's what I'm actually also talking if you take coffee personally you should act personally mm-hmm. and uh, not trying to to read clever books or imitate someone uh, unless you are looking for you know like uh, very <coughs> commercial and uh, 24/7 working hours and and there are business models and uh, <clears throat> there are kind of managers and uh, and uh, when I was uh, kind of saying that it's more coffee commerce point of view uh, rather than coffee culture just uh, people trying to put in their cafes everything the visitor would think about uh, he would find in the cafe but when you let's say when when we were starting i can only talk about our own examples but when we decided to open a slow coffee bar without espresso machine uh, and uh, focus only into coffee and letting people to enjoy kind of alternatives uh, um, alternative ways of enjoying coffee without espresso thing without milk without sugar without any cakes uh, the biggest skepticism uh, we received uh, came not from people, it came from the industry, from uh, the people I know working with coffee uh, and worldwide, actually. We, we have a lot of nice people, nice friends, and they were re- kind of one of, some of them were very skeptical, some of them were pretty sure it will not work out commercially. I mean, they were saying after three months, you will have espresso machine and would start pouring milk into your coffee. And I said, why do you think so? Because I never uh, liked milk in my coffee. I never had, like, I mean, I tried coffee with milk, but but I came from the uh, family where uh, milk was used for I don't know, uh, cooking uh, a cake uh, or, or, or just making something else. But uh, my father and mother and me personally would never use a milk in my coffee. And I understand what people want. But when I said, when we open a cafe, I want to be, uh, first of all, uh, very fair with myself. I don't want uh, to tell the story how it's nice to mix coffee and milk. I wanted to tell the story how it's nice to find some, you know, mild coffees. And it could be your first ever black cup of coffee. And our visitors were really appreciating that, and and I think lots of people for the very first time were enjoying like pure coffee in our place, and we're bringing others to enjoy that. So, so uh, I think uh, you should. Yeah, it would sound very like uh, very naive, but you should think about what you want to do with coffee, and if you want to go this kind of commercial way. That's up to you, and I really would respect you, but uh, probably don't call it coffee culture. It's like into like the the up-to-date trends, and uh, and that's cool about that, and we have lots of partners doing this, though I'm really happy that uh, uh, almost all partners we work with, we, we sell coffee as a roastery, 
they have a very strong vision uh, or very strong concept about their cafes. One of them would focus into vegan um, cakes. Uh, another would focus into some, I don't know, uh, Jewish uh, culture and, 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 and so on and so on. Because we don't have any also style, like how to say, we don't have a standard coffee in our place. Uh, I usually talk with uh, uh, our potential uh, customers, but like uh, restaurants or cafes or offices that you could choose from very different uh, uh, coffees, what we have. Uh, you should learn a bit and understand that there is no magic behind coffee. Like you, you can say that there is coffee which is suitable for every taste and uh, all you are doing is kind of um, lying in general because at least in Lithuania people are very open to different coffees and I, I can see it from the lectures, from the tastings, from the conference, uh, conferences I was doing that they are uh, eager to, to, to try new things and even if they would say I don't like acidic coffee they would um, after the tasting say oh I really enjoy those two Africans yeah. uh, how mm. kind of taste they were they yeah. were sweet, like let's say uh, uh, but 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 um, all you need to uh, but let people feel better about what they are drinking and this kind of new ways they would accept. And I think it's also a bit very unique to our country uh, because, you know, we don't have any strong astronomical history, but uh, at the same time, uh, I think lots of people have this little child inside, uh, which is um, how to say, uh, motivated or enthusiastic about finding something, uh, something new, like yeah. like enjoying toys. Uh, at least uh, what I see from my daughter, like she she likes toys, but but every time she wants something new or or uh, or, or to read new books, uh, yeah. to, to watch something new, so or to hear new stories and to learn new things. So so I think you should be. Uh, less less concerned about i mean yeah from commercial perspective if you open cafe and have a staff you you, you need to think also into or follow some i don't know commercial trends or, or things but but then you should uh, separate uh, what are you talking about i mean don't don't pretend you are spreading uh, uh, like something, uh, something too new, while just uh, imitating so someone else, and uh, and imitating it's not a bad thing. No, no, uh, no, absolutely not. No. To say that, but 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 just uh, uh, yeah, I, I always happy when people uh, a bit trying to risk a bit, right? Like trying to take or trying to take their own path, and I think everyone has their own path. Yeah. Yeah, at a certain point, I knew with the W30, I felt I was in trouble. <laughs> so uh, because I had the W30 for almost a year. And then I thought, what is my biggest risk? And the biggest risk was the depth of the, uh, of of course, the money I lost it when I, I could not roast on the W30. And that was the depth was a lot because the investment on the W30 is, is quite a lot. But then I thought, well, if I have to take that risk for me, if that is my risk, then I want to do it all my way. I want to 
make sure that I, I run my business the way I want. So I don't want to, I don't want to, uh, I don't know how you say it, but uh, I, I felt inside that I don't want to explain myself to others anymore, you know? So that's, that was the moment when I decided, and I can recommend that to everyone, this is my business. I'm not going to explain myself to customers anymore. I'm not going to explain myself to f fellow roasters or colleagues or whatever, suppliers. I'm going to do it my way. And if people don't understand, then it's, it's a pity, but it's their perspective. And uh, I cannot change that. And when I decided that, my business was more in focus than ever. And it was more it was more stable also for me yeah. at home also. And it was it was growing much more than I ever expected because I took that decision and I can recommend that to everyone. And and like you said, if it's a commercial, that's fine, but just make sure you make the decision right and focus on that decision. Uh, if you want to roast because you want to roast in small batches and do it on a W1 or W6, that's fine. Make the decision and the rest will follow if you make if you focus on that decision. Oh, nice. Yeah. Well, I had a lot of questions, but you told me so much. <laughs> but uh, uh, there's something I really want to, because that was very interesting. You uh, created your own coffee tool, the Bro Maker, Bro Coffee yeah. Maker. And you're also an uh, author. And yeah. I was wondering, what inspires you in creating things like this? Uh, well, uh, probably the things I was uh, telling you before. I see coffee as a, from sometimes from the child's perspective, like a, a, I see as a box filled with not with sand, with coffee beans. And mm -hmm. uh, I want to make the idea of coffee complexity real, like literally. So if we talk about coffee complexity, not even from the taste perspective, but in general, I want to try to make very different examples uh, that it exists. Uh, so uh, so in the beginning, uh, yeah, in a in very, very beginning uh, of the Cook It Nose and Coffee Stories, I decided uh, uh, to create blends from uh, very good uh, quality specialty coffee beans. And 10 years ago, it was still kind of forbidden topic, you know, like if you have single origin beans, why are you blending them? It's 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 very big prob problem. But I somehow decided uh, to think about coffee as a, uh, a in parallel to different food. Like if you blend orange and grapefruit, you have very nice new juice. So why can't you blend coffee and why can't you add nice spices? And uh, for to support this, <clears throat> our very first uh, uh, coffees were with uh, coffee stories written by um, uh, my friend, colleague. She's also a writer. So she put kind of emotional coffee stories on the bags. And uh, my idea was to have like rather nice, tasty emotion than a very specific um, coffees inside. I was telling everything about the beans, what, what what's inside, but I treated this as a nice ingredient to to show that coffee can have an emotion. Maybe it's um, that was the beginning, and it's, and it's still very hard to explain me uh, what was the idea. But from that perspective, I thought I want to create more products connected to coffee. And uh, one of the examples, uh, and, and uh, probably example which is now pretty well known uh, in different places, is uh, Bro Coffee Maker. 
this idea uh, like uh, came as a kind of my idea to try to find something for the local co- or to invent, let's say, the local coffee tool, but at the same time, very simple coffee tool. Uh, and I wanted to use very local materials in Lithuania, some blackwood and, and linen, which is very typical, very common in our own culture from very ancient times. And I also wanted, uh, at that time, it wasn't a huge trend of sustainability, but I wasn't happy with paper filters that we need to throw out them. So I wanted something uh, to be reusable. And after tasting, taste, testing a lot of linen, uh, linens, uh, uh, different knittings, I found out that it can work out as a very nice uh, filter. And um, also, I thought uh, the coffee toys, the Prova toys, which are in the market, are very uh, serious toys, like and have very serious names, like Gamex, Six, <laughs> uh, and uh, Technivorm, uh, and and you know, like it's all connected <laughs> to something like mm, you need to be tough to to yeah, you know, to, to handle it. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I thought. Our coffee maker should have a very uh, simple but but powerful name in a way, and and uh, which would help you to make coffee. And usually, if you have a bigger brother, you know, it will take yeah. uh, responsibility and uh, take you by hand. So uh, so that's why we decided to call it bro or brother. And even in Lithuania, it's almost the same word, brolis. And I started to dig into etymology of the word. So it's very ancient word and, and very uh, close to everyone. Uh, and at the same time, it's very, you know, like uh, cheesy, playful. And uh, and <clears throat> started, uh, yeah, I'm not making coffee. My brother is making coffee. Yeah. Uh, so, so uh, um, and I never had a brother. I have a sister. So my sister uh, was telling, hey, we need also a sis. Uh, you know, like, <laughs> she was claiming uh, her product. <laughs> And uh, so from that perspective, some other maybe coffee products are more local were born. And also uh, in the beginning, I was talking about the educational part. I was always interested. Um, so after doing uh, lots of coffee tastings for, for very different people, and I would say normal people, after doing coffee conference in Vilnius for five years, I somehow uh, decided that it's about time to try to write a book uh, for coffee, uh, maybe for the people who are not in the industry. So I tried to write a book actually for my mom about the coffee. I learned my mom, but I also, you know, she's pretty curious, uh, so, so I also wanted that if I would write a book, my mom could easily read it and uh, and uh, would learn something, at least uh, some foundations of uh, what good coffee is. And I also wanted to include a bit of the local coffee history. So, so uh, the book also includes um, uh, like some comments or some help from the local gastronomy historian. Uh, I also wasn't um, too good uh, about the sensorical part, about how our nose works or how aromas affect our body and how they work on us. So I also contacted some local nice um, aroma specialists. And uh, and uh, here we are. It's, I think the book in the Fainan is written uh, 
now three years ago, uh, uh, and uh, at the moment it's being translated and being ready to, um, uh, for the English version. Yes. Uh, and <laughs> you could uh, read it and uh, and would uh, would check it yourself. I mean, I'm pretty sure uh, you you won't learn a lot of new things. Uh, it's it's just my simple way of talking about coffee. But uh, uh, but all the book, uh, all the team who worked, uh, I'm really proud of. Um, uh, an amazing photographer, amazing designer uh, was working on a book, uh, and and the publishing house, uh, which is uh, which helped uh, to release it, to publish it, is like really super small, uh, super local. But they are, I think, they are releasing the books which are. Uh, which should be translated into uh, English, into international languages, and uh, some of the books already are. So hopefully even this year the book will uh, uh, will see the world. It will be called Let There Be Coffee. Uh, uh, it's, it's, it's a very... Uh, I'm also playing with the words Let There Be Light and uh, Let There Be Coffee, but I see uh, the light in the dark... Uh, the, Coffee cup, <laughs> so and uh, we'll see how it goes. Uh, uh, we have already the cover. I was sharing in my social media, but but you know uh, the times are very strange. Uh, so I still keeping my fingers crossed. Yeah, well, I like the idea. You wrote it for your mother, and um, you want to share your knowledge with her, just the way she shared her knowledge and emotion about coffee with you when you were little. And I agree that there are a lot of books that are interesting for us as roasters or people in the industry. But if if there's a customer who wants to read more about coffee, there are no books. There are books, but they're basic on the information. It's always about the, the history of coffee and how you can make your coffee. And the rest of the book is always filled with like recipes for drinks or for cakes with coffee or whatever. So it's always filled material with recipes. And I think that's a waste. And and otherwise you get like the books that are too, too much more for the industry instead of customers. So I really like the idea and especially the fact that you take out the sensory part and explain it. I'm going to follow you on the Instagram, and if there is a book that is called Let There Be Coffee, then I will uh, directly order it, because I'm very curious on how you're uh -huh. doing that. So let's hope that the English version is just as successful as the version in your own language, and let's hope everybody will order that book. <laughs> and do you have any uh, plans for the future with your business? Because this is about the book, but what are your plans for the future with the business? Uh, I mean, uh, we still very fresh with our coffee school because uh, um, after uh, during the pandemic, we, we me and my wife decided really to look for a bigger place uh, for for our own. And one of the reasons where yeah, we wanted to buy already a bigger roaster, and another was to find a place where we could, could uh, specially build or prepare for for all the educational purposes for the coffee school so we are really working on that and and uh, we're doing lots of um, public and private events uh, uh, and i think we'll keep on doing this 
uh, and um, that takes and probably will take at least a couple of years uh, of really nice intense work. At the same time, we are very happy with uh, that bigger road stack it helps us to also uh, work better with our existing and I'm pretty sure with future clients, uh, which just need uh, nice um, beans uh, from us. Uh, but uh, but but we usually connect uh, coffee and education because uh, we just don't want to be uh, simple coffee sellers. Uh, you want beans? We have beans. You know, like we want people, uh, um, um, like persons and companies to learn more about coffee before starting working with us. So we are focusing into that uh, that direction. And uh, uh, we still have a nice following and people who were visiting our slow coffee bar. But uh, at the moment, we somehow mm, uh, thinking of not opening it at least this year. And maybe if one day the week will have eight days, not seven, maybe <laughs> one open it as a, a cafe. Uh, but uh, but 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 somehow I don't know. Uh, we are pretty happy. We can focus on education and roasting at the moment. So I really hope we can meet someday. But before we end the conversation, uh, I would like to uh, ask you some questions. The thirty-second talk, and uh, those are a few questions, like six or seven. And if you want to answer them short, and the first thing that pops in your head. And that is the most, uh, I always think it's fun part because I always see people struggle <laughs> once they answered. But uh, let me just ask you a few questions. Your favorite coffee? Yemen. Your favorite coffee to roast? New coffee. New coffee. The <laughs> biggest impact on your decision making? Family. How much coffee do you drink on, on one day? Uh It depends, but normally uh, I think two, three cups of coffee. Uh, usually it's filter coffee. Okay. What would you have done if you didn't follow your coffee heart? I think I would... Uh, uh, I have two, uh, two visions. Uh, uh, one is uh, beekeeping. Uh, and uh, but I'm allergic to bees, like to, <laughs> <laughs> but I still want to learn it, uh, how to make honey. Uh, and another, uh, I really into music. Uh, I would uh, would love to uh, learn uh, uh, to play uh, some instruments and and maybe to focus into music. Uh, Very interesting combination, also. <laughs> and something you want to share with our listeners? Enjoy the game. I think uh, play with coffee and. and And that's it. Don't take it too seriously. It's it's. I mean, coffee is a social drink first of all, and uh, let's leave uh, let's leave all the kind of geekiness, science uh, uh, somewhere uh, for maybe for your learning purposes, but not for I don't know just the main topic around coffee. Uh, all the Just yeah, just play with it. Uh, it's 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 a very nice, uh, nice, nice, easy, easy thing. Uh, Cold coffee, so enjoy it, uh, full speed. Thank you so much uh, for our lovely conversation, and it was a pleasure 
to listen to your enthusiasm and passion about coffee. I wish you all the best. I'm, I'm really looking forward to your book and to your sister's coffee maker. <laughs> yeah, yeah okay maybe one day yeah so or at least daughters or wife's coffee maker but okay um i, I will rethink my uh, uh, uh like coffee maker uh, and and try to make it also uh feminine yeah uh, yeah, like, uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. something to honor the women in your family yeah <laughs> but i think your sister has uh, already claimed that position <laughs> yeah thank you Yeah, and, and, and so nice uh, to be a part of your podcast and, and good luck with that and um, stay healthy, stay positive and, and yeah, uh, hope to see you one day. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yeah. <laughs>